We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Why must you be like that? Why must the dog chase the cat? Nothing but the dog and me, Landfill. All right, I, I at least want to touch on these comments from yesterday. Reggie Ragland is a linebacker from the University of Alabama. Few of you may have heard of it. They play a little bit of football down there. Um, Tramel Rags of the Washington Post caught up with Ragland in the locker room after the game, asked him about facing Carson Wentz. Ragland said, this is Brown's linebacker, Reggie Ragland. We looked at a lot, asked about uh, watching tape on Wentz. We looked at a lot. We looked at a lot from the beginning of the season and last week, but every system he's been in, they've played the same way with him. He has that long, kind of slow release so you can get a good break on it and make something shake. If you know football, you know Wentz has a slow release, and you know Heineke gets the ball out fast. Like some of the guys I know on the Commanders, they would have preferred Heineke because they know he gets the ball out. You can see it on film too, though. They play different with each quarterback. How damning is that? It's it's not good. And and I was in the locker room all week. And when we had to go and ask the players, hey, uh, you guys are making a big change here. What do you think? A lot of guys made a point to say, hey, we wouldn't be in this situation without Taylor. We, We wouldn't be this, you know, whatever happens going forward, we appreciate Taylor. Whatever happens going forward, number four deserves to be commended. Taylor deserves to be applauded. And then you get an opposing linebacker who played at Alabama. So he's probably pretty familiar with some of the guys on the commander squad. The Browns linebacker, Reggie Ragland, said, if you know football, you know Wentz has a slow release. And you know Heineke gets the ball out fast. Like some of the guys I know on the Commanders, they would have preferred Heineke because they know he gets the ball out. You could see it on film. They play different with each quarterback. How damning is that, B? Very. You, you, you can't. You know what? I, I, I always hear people say, "If a fly could, if fly, if I want to be a fly on the wall." I would love to be a fly on the wall, every one of these players, because I know what they do publicly. But they have to be some pissed off dudes, especially after that performance yesterday. They probably already was like, look, man, Taylor's been playing good. What the hell? And then after the performance, they're like, oh, what the hell? And we didn't even go back to him? That stubbornness is is is, is going to be a problem. Let's go to the judge. Let's go to the chief BS officer of the program. Um, I believe his name is James Mullins, possibly Andrew Mullins. He has a yeah. number of number yeah. of aliases. Alia, what's the plural of alias? Aliases or aliasi? Aliases. 
Whatever they are. Let's go to Landfill. Uh, Landfill, Chief BS Officer of the B. Mitchell Finley Program. Reggie Ragland says, if you know football, you know Wentz has a slow release, and you know Heineke gets the ball out fast. Like some of the guys I know on the Commanders, they would have preferred Heineke because they know he gets the ball out. What do you hear, and is it damning? I'm not that. I'm not that moved by this. I feel like players say things frequently that could just be meant to kind of troll or own the other team. Like they clearly made a terrible decision by playing Wentz. It didn't work out. We all saw it, and this is just kind of like rubbing salt in the wound. I'm not really sure that I put too much weight in what he's saying here. I, I would, because I believe players talk to their friends in honest ways. They don't say to the media with a camera in front of them what they truly believe. After the game or off the field, man, why did y'all change from uh, Heineke, man? This dude here had this long windup. Yeah, man, we know. But what the hell are we going to do? We can't. Coach decided on a thing. He told the media he was going to go talk to us. He didn't talk to me. See what I'm saying? Right. That type of stuff happens on a regular basis. And if he had just come out and say, Oh, man, Carson went. <laughs> we knew how, how horrible he was. And never say nothing about the players he know or talk to. I might agree with Landfield. Somebody said something to him. Yeah, I mean, whether – I think because of the way the players talked about Heineke last week – I mean, let's, let's just be honest. I am sure some of those dudes were like, yo, we're going to Carson for real. <laughs> and, and understanding they had been slumping. Because let's not dress Heineke to be up something. Let's not dress up Heineke to be something he's not. He's not. We're not doing that. But I think when you heard those players talk, those players are talking about who gives us the best chance right now. And they felt it was Heineke. Where I met with Raglan, Detroit, a couple of more teams talked about this offense and these quarterbacks and what they were waiting and looking for. That talks about what we all talk about, predictable. We wonder why in the Giants game, every time Curtis Samuels went on the field, no matter what he was doing, a jet sweep or whatever, the, play, the Giants players were waiting for him to come. You think, I understand lucking into a play once in a while, but all five of them, when he stepped in the game, five carries, one, five yards. Every play he did, there were multiple guys waiting on him. Why? Because you do the same things. You don't adjust. We know your weakness. Your team knows your weakness, but they kept presenting it to us anyway. I think the same thing happened in that game yesterday to where they knew if we blitz, because you watch him, Whenever that was a blitz, his ball went down to his waist and he started looking for somewhere to fall. Not run, fall. The Even Taylor does this. Someone is coming into his face, he still delivers the football. Carson would not throw, would not even have it in a throwing position. He would immediately go down to brace for a hit. Did you watch any of Raiders Niners late? A little bit. I got to watch just a... a tail end of that thing. Jared Stidham, not very good. Josh McDaniels has a crush he on him. He looked good yesterday. Whatever. Fine. 
Did you see him stand in that pocket and get smoked? Who's my guy on the Niners defense? Hafanga? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Funny name. Blasted him. Stood in the pocket, threw the ball down the field, first down. Yeah. NFL quarterbacks understand they're going to get hit. It, there are times where the play is more important than protecting yourself. You recall early this season, I said what I noticed about Carson was that he was watching the rush instead of watching downfield. When we watch Joe Burrow play, Joe Burrow seems to have a I worry f- how long his career is going to last the way he takes it. I wonder that, but I'm just saying he has a feel where he's, he's still downfield. I'm sure it's peripheral. He could see some people. So when you see color, you move. Carson, if you watch him at 6'5", 6'4", whatever he is, he's going to be looking at the rush. So there's no damn way he's looking downfield. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Stidham last night, as the rush is coming, he is focused and he lets the ball go. Blasted multiple times. But they look down the field. As the little camp I went to at LSU, you cannot look at the rush. You got to feel that and look down the field. Well, dude, I mean, we'll see what happens about quarterbacks. That was why a lot of folks got excited by the preseason with Sam Howell. Because when he didn't see something, he was so quick to tuck it and run. And the reason he was not equipped to play in the NFL at that point is exactly that. Because all he did was look at the rush. And if he tried to do that in a real NFL game, he'd get smoked. Yeah. It'd be Snoop versus Blunt. He'd get smoked. All right? That's why Howell was not prepared. Your eyes have to stay downfield, and his didn't. You have to feel it. I don't know if, you know, he's now been on the bench 16 weeks. He's probably learned a lot. 17 weeks, whatever it is. Well. Or he hasn't, but at least we'll find Carson out. Carson said that I've, I've sat and I watched his offense, and I watched how Taylor did it, and I see how it's supposed to be run now. Did it look like that yesterday? Nay. So, players say that they learn, but like, I, like I've always said, there is no replacement for on-field action, on-the-job training. If I sit on the sideline, I may understand a concept, just like I do when I'm sitting in a, in, a, in a meeting room. But once I step on the field, and this has been me my whole life, once I'm on the field and I run it, I begin to feel what the speed is, how things are changing up. I can do that. Everybody like talking to oh, yeah, he can sit on the sideline and learn. All you're doing is seeing somebody else play well. I would say this, there – Everybody that's involved with fantasy football watch a lot of football now. You've been watching the games like hell all year. You think you can now go run one of these offenses or run the run the running back position or whatever else right now because you've been watching it for 16, 17 weeks? I doubt it seriously. So it's the same thing for that dude sitting on the sideline. It's just like every fan that watch every game. It yeah. doesn't it makes you see what's going on. You see the speed. But until you experience and feel the speed, you're done. I mean, nothing touches that speed. All right, yeah. we're going to try to get a couple more calls. We're going to listen to Ron Rivera set to address the media in about 15 minutes. So we're going to take that live for you. Uh, my guy Ryan is in Virginia. Ryan, what's up, dude? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Happy New Year. Thanks, Thanks man. Um, Thanks for calling. Number one, I want to say Scott Turner. He only has two things on his resume. One's Christian McCaffrey, and the other is his dad, North Turner. 
He needs to go. He's terrible. But number two, I'm going to stand up for Ron Rivera. And here's why. Is it possible that Ron didn't make the call to go to Wentz and that it came from above and that he's basically taking the bullets? He was put in the position to be the coach, and I get that. But more than that, he was put in the in the position to be the face of the franchise. All right, let me let me, let me let me let me stop you real quick. Yes, sir. I recall a man a few weeks back jump on this uh, soapbox and tell us that he was the one that looked at all the film and did everything else. He made the decision to bring him here. I'm the big guy. So I'm not going to sit up that. here now and just or, see that's that's been the problem. And I said this to JB before, and I by no stretch am I defending Snyder. Every time something goes wrong, every fan and everybody just automatically assumes Snyder. They talk about coach-centric. They gave him control to do stuff, and he's been doing it the way he wanted to do it. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to bring back Carson because somebody above him told him to do it? I doubt that. Well, if that person's paying him. Hey, maybe Ron know, just Maybe Ron just wants out. Maybe maybe he made the call because he's like, you know what? I've been through enough. Well, walk in and maybe say I'm out. Fired. Say I'm done. Let, work, work out a, work out a uh, uh, agreement and, and get less than you would get and go and go yeah. somewhere. I, and maybe they're going that route. Ryan, I don't know. I, I appreciate you, bro. He don't want to get fired. I, I don't. I believe he made the call yesterday because he wanted more offense. Um, thank you for the call. <laughs> I was joking with somebody last night though that he should leak that I was forced to make that decision. <laughs> um, I think uh, I'll say this about Scott too. I don't think he's terrible, dude. I, I think, I think, or I think from top to bottom that coaching staff gets skittish when things start to go sideways. And I think they get away from what makes the most sense for them. I also think, God bless Scott Turner, okay? But if you're giving Scott Turner credit for Christian McCaffrey, you better give Adam Gase uh, credit gonna, for gonna, Peyton Manning. I'm going to give, give Josh bro- McDaniels. I'm going to give his dad some credit yeah. for that. <laughs> Josh McDaniels gets all the credit for Tom Brady. Like, when a first-round top 10 pick talent hits – that hold the on, person on. that deserves Scott's the quarterback coach, right? Yeah, he, he was, was the quarterback coach. That what's um? Why are you giving him the credit for Christian McCaffrey? They had a running back coach down there, didn't he? Yeah, dude, I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a wacky. I'm just saying. Um. So, uh, let's take uh, let's take one more. Yeah, my guy Paul is in D.C. Paul, what's up, dude? Hey, what's up? How you doing, JP? What's up, B-Mitch? What's up, brother? <clears throat> hey, man, look. As someone, B-Mitch, and you know this, as someone who played the game, coached the game, and as a father who coached professional sports, you understand what momentum means and you understand what a team concept means. That team bailed out on Ron Rivera after the first three series of that game yesterday because, and you know this, B-Mitch, playing the game, you know when you have a chance to win and when you don't. And when they looked at that situation, three possessions, two interceptions, and then a bad fourth and one where you pitch it to a power running back, then Jonathan wins. He's a power back. You would have did better with Jared Patterson out there taking that. That's number one. Number two, you should have just ran it with Brian Robinson. The point I'm making is Ron Rivera and Scott Turner don't have a clue. Carson Wentz was out there because they was trying to save their own butts. One, from a human perspective, you shouldn't have took Taylor Heineke off the field, period. He put you in a position to even make the playoff, okay? 
To the second point, putting Wentz out there, he had already shown you before that he was going to take you down. What they was like one and four, two and four when they made the change. So as a coach, you don't even put that man back out there. But if you do, the moment he did those two interceptions, you took took him out. Hearing what I heard, just like you said yesterday on the telecast, B-Mint, hearing what you hear from that podium is BS. He did not know. Because here's how that question would have been answered. Yeah, I understand the dynamics that we have right now. And so if we lose to – if Green Bay should win tonight, then we definitely need to look at Sam Howell next week. He didn't even know. He would have acknowledged that he knew because ain't no coach going to sit up there and be sarcastic enough to just say, oh, what, what, we're going to be out next week if we don't win? Come on. Come on. He didn't know. Mm -hmm. I don't care how he tried to clean it up. You know, I mean, my father coached the Wizards. I know for a fact that it's coach talk and then there's real talk. He did not know. Thank you for the call, Paul. Appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate you, man. There's someone named Cowboy Don on the line. I want to take it, and then we're going to go to Ron. No, Don. Don, what up? Hey, guys, man, I just, you know, I appreciate y'all so very, very much. Uh, uh, you know, you make my Monday morning so, so grand. But listen, B. Mitch, how you doing, baby? I'm good, I, man. You calling in the gloat. You calling in the gloat. I know. No, 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 no. I'm calling in to say that, you know, I know you're a Hall of Famer, and you should be there. Uh, but look, you have some guy call up and say, I'm just glad we didn't lose to the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'm just glad we didn't lose. You lost to the Cowboys. And tell him to be there Sunday. Is it Sunday or Saturday? We don't know yet. Whichever day it is, just be there. And you're it's gonna Sunday. Get your we wish. don't know the time. Well, okay. well you'll get your wish Sunday. <laughs> you're going to get it Sunday. So, you know, everything that you, you are glad about, you're going to see. You're going to feel, you're going to feel worse Sunday. Because we're going to annihilate y'all. You know, and I hope you bring that new boy in there because you got Heineke and, and, and You know what, Don? I thanks love- for the call. I'm just hanging up because I don't want to hear it. And we got to go because we're going to get <laughs> Rob Rivera up next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Blurred lines. While we wait for Ron, I don't know this person, but with a name like Holly Harrison sound like a nice person. Yeah. All right, Holly. You might be the last call of the day. What's up, Holly? Holly hung up. And I, here I thought he or she was a nice person. <laughs> it's kind of, I took an L right there, B. Yeah, you did. But you know what? It's good, though. I'm owning it. Took an L, owning it. Waiting for Ron Rivera here. Um, you know, it's an interesting situation. Uh, I'm going to speak to Ron later this afternoon. Hmm. One of the questions I want to have is, you know, on what level is he disappointed? He 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 did a Sam Cassell dance before the season that I know we've got to show some real improvement. 
This is year three. Where does he think that is now? And and B? That would be a great question to ask. I want to know, too. When does the evaluation process start for him as the boss? You know? Mm. Is that part of... Is that part of next week? Right? I would like, think so. I think you can't finish... Seven, nine, and one, and say that you really improved. It's better than seven and ten, but it's still that's not improvement. I really thought you kind of hit win nine to ten games. Ten games really would have shown me some drastic improvement, especially when we have looked at the positions of receiver. The running back is better. Uh, they felt they had their quarterback stuff. The defense, the defensive line was better. Injuries started to happen, but hell, everybody get injuries. You know, what's if 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 things finish at seven nine and one or eight eight and one, whatever? What's the excuses as to why you don't see the drastic improvement? Let's say they get to eight eight and one, which is remarkable in that it's now an odd number of games, and they're still going to figure out a way to go five hundred. Yeah, you, I, they almost deserve to be saluted for that. Like. You know the person that does the absolute worst on an NCAA bracket? You got a pool of a thousand people and some the absolute worst. Like they almost deserve credit for that. It's hard to get everything wrong. Mm-hmm. What what's worse to me about this B? They were seven and five in week thirteen. Yeah. So let's say they win. All right, I think it is time to hear from Commanders head coach Ron Rivera. I guess, Ryan, can you uh, tell us if you've had any thought about the quarterback for uh, this week and, and who that might be? Well, it's the same as all the other positions. You know, we're going to continue to evaluate and look at things. I mean, guys, I'm not going to tell you anything about what we're going to do until it's time, just so you guys know that, okay? Um, I'm meeting with the coaches at, later today, and we'll discuss all those things as a group, um, and then we'll make a decision. I'll make a decision uh, when it's time and appropriate. Just philosophically, can you address, obviously, the playoffs aren't playoffs aren't on the line. How does that change your approach coming into this, if it does? Well, we're playing to win. I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, that's that, that's how I feel about it. I mean, you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is, you know, that's that's how we approached yesterday. It was all about winning, uh, you know, so much mo- so much so for myself personally that, you know, I know I made a, a little bit of a gaffe yesterday, not realizing that we could get knocked out of the playoffs. But to be honest with you, I never thought we would lose. I mean, I was anticipating winning. I was anticipating getting our game flexed to Sunday at 830. So everybody had to play and then everybody had to watch us because, you know, Dallas may, might have something right on it as well. So that was the way I looked at it. That was my mentality. You know, it wasn't about losing. It was about winning. So um, that's how we we'll approach this game. We're going to play it to win. Hey, Ron, when you look back at, you know, putting Carson in there and the decision to put him in there, were there some things that maybe you, like you're, as you've always said, you're an optimistic person. Were there mm-hmm. some things that maybe you were a little bit more optimistic on than you realize about where he was at with his game or what he might, the spark he might provide? Um, well, you know, John, I was, I was looking for the spark. I mean, you know, we were 0-2-1 in the last three games and the way he performed in, in that, in that, last quarter against San Francisco. I mean, I was, I was feeling pretty comfortable with him, pretty confident that he'd come out and, 
would be able to do that again. And then quite honestly, after the, 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 the drive to end the half, I felt pretty good about us coming out. I mean, I, I didn't expect it to, 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 you know, play out the way it did. I, I really didn't. I, I just, based on what I saw last week, I, I really thought that, um, you know, we, we would get, um, you know, we, we would, we would get a little bit of a spark. And then when, when you look at, and I know, listen, the, the quarterback decision is a big thing going forward and all that. You look at that defense over the last several weeks, the loss of Cam, oh. Benjamin St. Juice, what did that do? And I know there are other ways that you guys still could have won and all that, but what did that do um, to the defense? Well, I, you know, it, it's, 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 it's tough on those guys because there are certain things that you want to do um, and, and certain ways that we place, you know, certain other things in, in the game. I mean, there's some situational stuff that we had to alter, um, you know, and, and uh, we tried to replace, you know, uh, Cam by committee and, and, you know, having different guys play, play the positions that he did. You know, we played a linebacker at, at that, at that Buffalo position. We, 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 we played, uh, you know, some DBs at the, um, at, at the other position that we use them in, in the box. So it, 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 it was, I don't know. It was just, it was one of those things. I mean, it was, it was, by committee, and I think it—I think it might have slowed Jack down a little bit, um, you know, because they've been very creative with the things that they've been able to do using uh, Cam's ability. And then with Benjamin, you know, not having you know the, the, your top corner out there is it—it it, it does stress you a little bit. But you know, again, I, I do think Danny came in and, and played some pretty solid football as well. But you know, maybe you know some of the things that Jack wanted to do schematically, uh, it, it might have probably slowed him down. Ron, now that you understand the playoff situation, do you regret putting Carson Wentz in and switching up the QB one role? No, because to me, it was always about winning and that, that, that it was um, in our hands. I mean, we control our destiny basically. And and, and that's the truth of the matter. Um, being Oh, two and one in the last three games was probably the thing that really pushed me more than anything else. And that's what I looked at. And as I said, coming off of the, uh, off of the last quarter of the, of the 49er game, I was I was relatively optimistic in terms of um, feeling what Carson could do. You know, um, I thought we could run the ball. Uh, I, I think we could have ran the ball a little bit better, and, and, and even though we did run it well, um, and I think that could have helped us a little bit more. But but again, it's it's you know it, the decision was made because I felt we needed a little something. You know, after going, you know, that stretch of three games being 0-2 and one. And now as you go into the final game of the season, what do you say to this fan base? Well, we appreciate everything they've done. It's the Dallas week. Um, you know, we're going to go out and play our best football uh, this time of year. And, uh, you know, we're going to we're playing to win. I mean, that's that's all there is to it. Ron, you were introduced as the coach of this franchise three years ago uh, today. What are some spots of progress that you feel most confident in that you've been able to accomplish as coach here? Well, I think some of the things that we've done defensively, I think that's, you know, that's a big step in the right direction, more so than anything else. Um, I think we've got a good core, good nucleus of young players uh, surrounded by um, some, some uh, you know, a few veteran guys that, that can help lead us going forward. Uh, that's what I look at, Pete, is, is I, I think we've got that. I mean, you look at our skill positions. Um, you know, I think wide receiver and 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 running back are, are two really good skill positions for us right now with some young players that, that are, you know, going to just get better with time. Um, I, I think uh, defensively, we know what the defensive line's about. I, I think those guys have really kind of come together and, and, and have really bought into the way Jack and uh, 
and and the defensive staff use them. Um, I think we found our 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 through the middle guys in terms of our safeties. Um, I think Jamin's come along well. Uh, if we can get Cole back out healthy, I think that that group can be a good tandem of of, of linebackers and DBs. So I think we're training in the right direction. As I said, though, I think it is really about the young nucleus of of players that we have. A lot of homegrown guys are here. And, um, you know, to, to be able to handle and deal with it, that's probably the biggest thing that, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to is, is the development and growth of that group. And now that you've been in the coach-centric philosophy for three seasons, just what are your thoughts on how it's gone and if anything has caught you off guard or, or something you've particularly enjoyed about that structure for the franchise? Well, I think the biggest thing that, you know, that, that, that's been the toughest thing right now is, is really being able to, to solidify the QB1 spot. I mean, that's, that's something that we're continuing working, uh, working. Uh, I believe, uh, Ben said that, uh, this off season, he'll be helping us to, to look for the, uh, QB one. Um, and, uh, that's the thing that we got to do. I mean, that, that's, that's, I was asked that question, you know, about eight, nine weeks ago, what's the difference? Well, that that's the one position that we've got to solidify going forward more so than anything else. Ron, when you look back over just like these last three, four weeks, are you able to put your finger on kind of what changed after that 5-1 run? Well, yeah, there there are a few things. I got a few ideas, but, you know, that's something that uh, when we get a chance to really sit down and evaluate and go through and talk about, uh, we most certainly will uh, will discuss. And I, I know you've been in kind of a similar circumstance in Carolina um, when Jerry Richardson sold, but given the situation of the team, and I don't mean to get too far ahead of things since there's a game left, but as you look ahead to making changes, do you do you have full leeway to make the changes you feel are necessary for this team? Well, I think so. But, you know, at the end of the year, once we get done, I, I will most certainly, you know, be sitting down with ownership as it is and have the discussion about this, uh, about the organization and the direction and, um, you know, what we will be able to do going forward. Hey, Ron, um sort of a follow-up off of what Mickey's first question. When you look back at the whole, at the season as a whole, there, there, there may be some improvements, but ultimately you guys are going to be out of the playoffs. Is there something beyond the normal stuff like injuries that you look at and think this is kind of the reason why we're in the spot? You mentioned quarterback, but is there, is it well, just that or is there anything else? I, I think, you know, part of it too is, is, is we, we really didn't get our, 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 our footing as to the, the style that we wanted to play and, and, until we got all the pieces back on the field and, and then it started to come. Um, that's the thing that, that, you know, I've said before, I said, you know, we, we kind of showed our hand in, in, in training camp, what we wanted to do and how we wanted to do it and, and being able to run the ball and, and be that kind of team would be, you know, to our benefit. And when we had that nice stretch, that nice run, that, that was one of the big positives that we had. Uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to sustain that um, down this stretch these last few weeks. Two more. Ron, you've tried a lot of different approaches with quarterback, um, whether it's, you know, bringing in a, a stopgap like Ryan Fitzpatrick or trading for Carson Wentz, even drafting Hal. I mean, now three years into this, is there a lesson that you've learned in trying to go about solving that position or is it kind of just throw a dart every time? How do you kind of go about learning, you know, from these well, times? I think the biggest thing, Matt, you know, coming here and 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 holding Pat for the most part with 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 um, with you know the, the the quarterbacks that were here when we got here, um, and then the second year, you know, trying to put everything else in place and, and bring a veteran guy in, um, and unfortunately he got hurt, he got hurt in the first game. Um, 
I think this year, looking at it, trying to find the, the right free agent for us, um, I think that's that was one of the things that we felt we could do. Um, it Unfortunately, that didn't work right now. Um, and we'll see. I mean, as I said, we'll get an opportunity to, to, to sit down and talk about it and evaluate it as a staff next week once it's all said and done. And after the game yesterday uh, – sorry, sir. That's all right. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, after the game yesterday, uh, a Browns linebacker kind of indicated that he thought that some guys within your locker room were, were unhappy that Wentz started or that they might have favored Heineke. Did, did you get that sense at all, or do you worry about that lingering, that the decision of you starting Wentz kind of sat poorly with some guys? No, I, I don't. I, I think, you know, I, I made my, you know, my feelings and, and my reasoning, you know, pretty clear to, to a lot of people. And I'd like to think that, you know, if, if there was a disagreement or, you know, a, a difference of opinion, that it would be cool that, you know, guys could come and talk to me about that. Um, but, you know, again, as I said, I did what I thought was 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 going to help us get a little bit of a spark and get an opportunity to uh, to win and get into the playoffs. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Commanders head coach Ron Rivera there answered some good questions from some good reporters. Um, not ready to commit to a quarterback for this week. They should go to Howell, obviously. Ron not wanting to admit it till sun till Wednesday morning wouldn't really surprise me. That'd be kind of par for the course, frankly. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat him up on that. That's the same thing they did last week. He didn't commit to Carson until Wednesday morning. Um, but we knew he was they're, going they're not to gonna him. have practice reps until Wednesday. So as long as you make the decision Wednesday, I'm not going to beat you up on that. Ron admitting in there they need a new quarterback. I mean, the fact that he's saying we still need a QB1, I mean, tells you all you need to know about the Carson Wentz experiment. So there's no reason to play Carson at all. Um, You know, I I thought Ron owned that he messed up yesterday with the, uh, the playoff scenario situation. It doesn't necessarily make it better, but... He said, I thought we were going to win. I wasn't worried about what happened. It doesn't make a difference. The question was, wasn't, did you think you were going to win? The question was, do you, what you know about if you, if, if our Green Bay goes and win, that you're eliminated. So that, that, that explanation did nothing for me. I, I think sometimes when you make a mistake, you, you, you own that instead of trying to come up with these different reasons and excuses as to why you did something. That makes it look worse. So in, other, in essence, I think he didn't know, and now he's trying to lie to cover it up. We'll be right back. Let's make some bets. Welcome, everyone. This is the losing side. And when you on this train, you got to put your pride to the side. Sit back and enjoy our special feature of the day. The Washington Commanders. Hey, Ron.
presents for you both. I brought hog noses for Jeff Walker and for Lanford. Let's go today! You guys want to come get it, Jeff. You can put them on. We'll post a picture of Jeff and Landfill wearing hog noses. That's where we are. Uh, Landfill, what'd you think of Major Tutty? Uh, I was actually fine with it. I didn't understand the hate. Mascots are for children. It's for kids, people. Yeah. You're 40 years old. You don't like it. I don't care. It's for eight-year-olds. It's for children. Calm down. It's for kids. So my thing is... The best team in this city over the last 20 years is the Caps. Nobody's arguing that, right? Mm -hmm. They have an all-time great player in Alex Ovechkin. They've won a cup. I mean, they're in the playoffs every year. The Caps rolled out a mascot for kids. Mm -hmm. You know what? It's just something fun, something stupid. You know how it works for the Caps, though? Because the adults were taken care of with the winning. Are you mad about Major Tutty? I'm not excited. I mean, I I I can go get, care less. You know, I don't care much about mascots. Right. I care about the production on the field. So when they get that right, everything else they do will be good for me. At this point, I'm not focusing on uh, uh, a little thick pig running out on the field, hog running out on the field, and I'm going I'm to forget about all the stuff that I, I'm concerned about. I want to see wins. I want to see playoff appearances. If I get that, you could have Tutty, Woody, whoever the hell you want to have. won't make me a difference. Pink tulips. Um, I'm not mad about that. There's so, there's so much to be mad about. That was kind of how I felt about the playoff thing, and then that kind of ate at me overnight. But you were 7-5 and five in Week 13, and you're going to finish a year at best 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one and out of the playoffs. That's what I'm mad about. Um, everybody's allowed to be mad about their own things. What I'm not mad about is that Jeff and Landfill put their hog noses on. We got to get a photo, boys. Um. We're gonna. I'll get that tweeted out before the end of the show. Uh, we do need to make some bets, though. It's a fresh week. We're all back. We're all here. We're gonna have a real herded here first to begin 2023. Herded here first on B Mitch and Finley. And don't forget, you heard it here first. All right. Uh, floor is wide open. We didn't have an exact winner last week because it was kind of a. I don't want to say disjointed week, but there was a lot of, you know, I was out and B was out and then Landfill was out and Lord knows everywhere Jeff is. So we're all, we're all Jeff just, was here and he was out. Yeah. He's Jeff. <laughs> That's the Jeff Walker experience. Um, so why don't we let hog nose Jeff lead us off? Jeff, you're up dude. And please speak in an appropriate voice of Jeff could have just put on a Teddy outfit instead of them having Somebody I mean, like they, they listed him 6'5", 240 or something. And you know what's crazy? Jeff, 278. I did say that. I said, God, that, that mascot is built like me. Stomach <laughs> hanging over and everything. <laughs> but let's get it right. Let's get it right. It's Tutty. I got Penn State for the Rose Bowl, baby. All right. Uh, let's agree on the lines, Landfill. Set everything up so we know what we're doing. Uh, Penn State, minus one and a half. Um, I'll go. I like Utah a lot. Can I put a double bet in? No. You can put in a parlay. I don't want a parlay. I just well, want a double bet. Yeah, we don't play that. Utah Utes. Kyle Whittingham is a badass. They play physical football. Who is Penn State beating? 
Mm-hmm. They're going to beat the Utes. Okay. Well, I, listen, I planted my flag. You go ahead and plant yours. Oh, I'm going to the NFL. Ooh, dude, how good of a night of football do we have? The what? Rose Bowl is, is the most romantic game in football. And then Monday Night Football, Bills, Bengals, give me I'm, all of it. I'm going to take the Bengals. Okay. System pick. And, and what's the – no, that's not a system pick. And what's the system over? pick? B-Mitch making system picks. What's the over? Um, 50 and a half. 49 and a half. 49 and a half. Ooh, woo. B Mitch making system picks. I'm gonna take the. I think Brian's system pick Mitchell. Penn State's best win on the year is Minnesota. I think. Under the boat. Forty nine and a half. Give me the over in that game. Uh, I'm gonna take Jamar Chase anytime touchdown score. I hope Higgins have all. What is that? Plus one ten. That almost feels like it should be a minus, doesn't it? Almost. Nah, but all of those anytime touchdowns are wild. The, the, the uh, yeah, they're hard. Wild. Yeah. And, and they never are anything like, you know, like they just know it's going to happen. It's only one person that's a minus for an anytime touchdown, Ooh. and that is Joe Mixon. Oh, yeah, because every time they get inside, they're going to hand it to him. And I'm going to add that to my bet for the parlay. Oh, all right, Jeff, take us through everything. Give us a little traffic report. Okay, so I have the I have Penn State um and Jamar and Joe Mixon anytime touchdown. You have um uh, Oh, you just said it. You just said you got Utah. That's right. Uh B has the NFL and <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> B Mitch bet on the NFL. Yeah. Listen, if I if you can bet on the NFL, that's a good bet. Cincinnati and the over. Th- that's what I was saying. I was no, saying no, 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 no. That's not what you were saying. You said B has the NFL. <laughs> yeah, and I was literally reading. So whatever it, happens in the NFL, I win. <laughs> oh my! <God. laughs> Twenty twenty three, y'all already grilling me on the air. Hey, but like we said, all it of us didn't take long. First show of the year. <laughs> We had all four people here. Yeah, man. And that means that we're going to have all four people in studio more often. Beamich bullied me into coming in today. <laughs> I'm, I'm stunned Landfill's here. Last I heard from Landfill, he was telling us how orange vodka and Red Bull was good. Oh, it's so good. I didn't think there was a chance we'd see Philly today. I've never even heard of orange vodka. Well, I have, but I've never heard of it. Uh, Landfill, how did B get you in here today? He bullied me. What did he say? Did he call you? I said, no. man, it's the first damn show of the year. We should all be here. Set the tone. Then I asked him to bring the orange vodka and red bull. He said he had no more. Like he couldn't go to the store. Hook us up. I mean, when drunk landfill starts texting, the text thread gets fun. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know who's about to catch shrapnel because he will go. You think landfill sober landfill goes hard? Wait till it's drunk text thread landfill. Nobody's safe. Speaking of nobody being safe, Grant and Danny coming your way next. I imagine those boys are. Fired up. They're at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings and Culpepper if you want right. to stop by. Perfect. Go say what's up. There you go, Grant. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Defend today. yourself, Grant. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. Thank you, everybody, that called in. We'll be back in the morning. Grant and Danny coming your way. If you made it this far, I owe you a DC brush. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.